does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Welcome in. It's Indiana Sports Talk here on Network Indiana. Thanks so much for joining us on just a spectacularly beautiful Friday night here in Indianapolis. But as we always do, my name is Derek Schultz. We start things off with an update, a lot to talk about. Let's send it over to Brad Huber. Thank you very much, Derek Schultz, and good evening, everybody. A couple of big softball stories. We begin earlier in the week. Congratulations to Trine Softball, who, after losing game one against Salisbury, won games two and three to win the Division III NCAA Softball National Championship. So, again, congrats to the Trine Thunder. Also, earlier today in West Lafayette, North Posey won the two-way state championship game. Aaron Hone, the pitcher for New Posey, Won the no-hitter, uh, had a no-hitter today, and won the championship on a walk-off home run in the bottom of the seventh. So congrats to Aaron Hone and North Posey beating Andrean. And in the other game, Class 3A, bottom of the fourth, New Prairie and Tri-West are tied at two. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Thanks so much, Brad. Great update and a great night for sports in not only Indianapolis, but also in Indiana in general as we've got a lot of things cooking, especially on the high school side of things. You know, generally speaking, in June, you're not really thinking about high school sports, right? You're tuning into this show, and a lot of times this is the eight, whatever, nine-week break that the Hall of Famer, Coach Bob Lovell, takes. And we might be talking Indianapolis Indians baseball or whatever else that's randomly going on locally or nationally, but not usually a lot on the, the high school platter. And we've got a lot of high school things cooking tonight let's take a look at the headlines for indiana sports talk on network indiana tonight and thanks again for joining us my name is Derek schultz brad huber at the update desk parker webster running the board for us making sure our signal gets to you on all of our great affiliates throughout the state of indiana uh the ihsaa softball state finals as brad mentioned day one of a two-day event so two games today one already complete one in progress and then two tomorrow the crown in 2a is the first to be decided as brad Expertly mentioned there, um, a walk-off win for North Posey to finish the season unblemished at 29-0 as they take down Andrean 3-0, and then New Prairie and Tri-West battling for the 3A crown right now in the fourth inning as New Prairie making their first state title appearance since 2006, trying to win their first title. And then the Bruins of Tri-West returning to the title game after last year's runner-up finish, trying to break through this year and add a state championship to their resume. And then the two games tomorrow in 1A, it's Caston playing for the school's first ever state championship in any sport. They're taking on Tecumseh at 430, who are the defending state champs in that class, playing for their fifth IHSAA softball title. And then a a little bit of a a North versus Central matchup. Penn from the northern part of the state, 27-4-1, taking on the loaded Royals of Ron Colley. At 7 o'clock, Penn playing in their third title game, but they haven't won the crown since 99. Meanwhile, Roncalli, a two-time defending state champ, looking to make it a three-peat. So 2A, 3A today, 1A, 4A uh, coming up 
tomorrow on Saturday for that two-day event of the IHSAA softball state finals. I had mentioned also uh, other high school things going on. Now, this is not a uh, an IHSAA thing, but it is a Indiana and Kentucky Coaches Association thing. Of course, the 80-year tradition of the Indiana and Kentucky All-Stars happening this week and then this weekend. They are in Owensboro tonight at the Kentucky Sports Center uh, already, Kentucky has knocked off the Indiana seniors on the girls' side of things. That game final from earlier tonight. And the boys' side of things, uh, I checked a, a little while ago, guys, and it was not going so well. Thankfully, it's gone a lot better since. But Kentucky jumped out to a 14-0 lead in the boys' game. It's now 36-28. That game dwindling down in the first half, about four minutes left from Owensboro, and we'll keep you abreast of what's going on there. Greg Rakestraw on the call for the IC Sports Network. He is slated to call this program uh, coming up later on on his drive home because, of course, Kentucky then comes up here to Indianapolis to take on the Indiana All-Stars tomorrow night, both the boys and girls, as, as that terrific uh, tradition continues. One of my favorites. I, I know, you know a lot of people like to talk about what it was or you know, is it ever going to be that again. Uh, I, I think you can enjoy things without – pining for the days of old sometimes you can just accept that an event can be great even if it's not as great as it was when it was at its apex I think we just had an event like that a couple of weeks ago here in this city with the Indianapolis 500 the Indy 500 wasn't what it was in 1983 at least that's what I've been told that's the year I was born but that doesn't mean that it's not still an awesome event that 300 plus thousand people are there and that it's must-see TV or must-see watch uh, from turn four, turn three, turn two, you know, wherever you are. Pagoda Plaza, who cares? Watch it anywhere and just experience the event. And that's kind of how I feel about the Indiana-Kentucky All-Stars. I wish Kentucky would pull their weight a little bit more uh, as far as the attendance and the fan attention down there compared to here. I, I think Indiana's done most of the heavy lifting here so far in the 21st century but it's still a good event, and it still matters to the kids in Indiana. I can't speak to the kids in Kentucky, but it still matters, I know, to the kids in Indiana because we've talked to them a lot about it. Uh, other things going on today. Well, we got one minute. Indiana State falls 4-1 to TCU in game one of their Super Regional down in Fort Worth. And the NBA Finals game four, we'll have an update on that score coming up here in a little bit as the Heat tried to get even with Denver in Miami as they trail that series two games to one. And a lot of people feel like, uh, myself included, they need to see that get even up for Miami to have a chance. Plenty more to get to. Network Indiana and Indiana Sports Talk rolls on on this beautiful Friday night. Welcome back. IST Indiana Sports Talk, Network Indiana. Thanks so much for making us a part of your Friday night. Thanks to Parker Webster as well as Brad Huber on the update desk who you're going to hear from in just a couple of minutes. As I mentioned, NBA Finals Game 4 going on as we speak right now in Miami and I don't know about you guys. I've just I've really struggled to get into this series. I, I've kind of become. I'm at a point in my life. I have a six year old. I have a wife who's very busy. Uh, we have a very busy life. <laughs> we have a lot going on. We've got soccer practice and t ball games and school functions. And she works overnights at a major city hospital here in town. I'll, I'll let you do that one by process of elimination. And so, you know, we've got a lot kind of going on. So I have to be much more selective with my time when it comes to sports viewing. You know, when I was 24 and I was single and I was living in an apartment eating ramen noodles in sweatpants all night, I watch everything. 
I, I watch every primetime NFL game. I, I watch every college football thing that I could get my hands on and NBA and all of that stuff. Like, my, my sports viewing was just in a different stratosphere than it is now. It's not that I don't watch sports now. It's just that I, I kind of pick and choose what I watch, and then I say to myself, okay, this night I'm going to dedicate this time to watch this game. And I know it's the finals, and I should be excited about it. And I've watched a lot of NBA playoffs. I, I watched a good amount of the Warriors-Lakers series and Celtics Heat. I grew up a Knicks fan, so I I, I watched the Knicks-Cavs, Knicks Heat. I, I made time for those games, but this series – it's been a little harder for me to make time for it because I'm just not invested at all in either of these teams. Uh, I think it's a great story what Miami's doing coming from an eight seed and speaking back to a time when when I was a big fan, what the Knicks did in 99. I know people in Indiana probably don't want to hear about that run because it came at the expense of the Pacers, at least in the conference finals. But it's very similar where it's a team that just kind of came out of nowhere. They, they had a eh, season, kind of a nondescript season, and then something just clicked and who knows what it was. But that series against the Bucks, you thought to yourself, okay, this is a fluke. And then they really outplayed the Knicks in the second round. New York was fortunate to even win two of those games. And the conference finals, the same thing. They were up 3-0, and then Boston made it a series, and you thought, oh, boy, they're going to be the first NBA team to ever do this, and, and Miami just removed all doubt. A road game seven, that's very, very difficult to do. And you've got Jimmy Butler and a bunch of guys that, you know, people wouldn't pick in a pickup game. Gabe Vincent... Max Struess, an older Kyle Lowry, a very older Kevin Love. You know, you, you go down that roster and you're kind of like, how is this team here? How did this all happen? And it just works. You put the pieces in and it just works and they fight and they play really hard. Um, I don't think they're going to win this series. I don't think they're going to win tonight. Um, I, I would put the over-under at Miami winning another game at 0.5. And, and I probably lean towards the under, honestly. But just the fact that they're here is a great story. Now, that doesn't mean that I want to tune in and watch. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be, like, captivated to watch this series because I, I think Denver has not only the best player in the series, they've got the best player in basketball right now. And what Jokic is doing every night is 30-20-10. and 10, I mean, my God, it's just ridiculous. Like, if you would have faked a script like that, people wouldn't have believed you that somebody would be doing that. I think he's 30-13-10 for the playoffs. He'd be the only player in NBA history with those type of numbers to average the entire playoffs those numbers it's unbelievable and then you've got Jamal Murray in there and and it's a it's a cool story I think as a Pacers fan you know in in this audience you being in Indiana I'm assuming a lot of you are Pacers fans I think you have to pull for Denver right you know generally speaking in Indiana you pull for the underdog but I, I think you pull for the Nuggets here because they're kind of an ABA brethren they've never won they had never been to the finals before I think that's kind of the the rooting interest story if you're a Pacers fan I, I I don't know if I'm wrong there. I might get the wrong vibe, but I feel like if I was a Pacers fan, Denver would be my play here because they show that it's possible that the Pacers can do that too. Brad Huber's got another update for you. Two minutes, we'll be back here on Indiana Sports Talk. Thank you, Derek Schultz. Let's talk some basketball in this update. The Indiana-Kentucky All-Star Series going on tonight in Owensboro, Kentucky. 
And on the women's side, Kentucky got the best of Indiana, 72-62. Layla Hall for Indiana was the leading scorer with 22 points. On the boys' side, Kentucky jumped out to a 22-3 lead. It's gotten closer, though. It is 40-28 Kentucky at the under-four media timeout of the first half. WNBA we go, the Minnesota Lynx and the Indiana Fever tie right now at 64. That's with under three minutes to go. Indiana Fever, two tough losses to Chicago and to Las Vegas earlier in the week. Baseball we go, the Indiana State Sycamores in the Super Regionals, their first ever Super Regionals, being played in Fort Worth, Texas because of Special Olympics being played in Terre Haute. And Indiana State fell to TCU for the one game two will be tomorrow, game three if necessary, on Sunday. Baseball we go, the Indianapolis Indians fell to the Omaha Storm Chasers 6-2. Fort Wayne Tin Caps and Quad Cities tied at five. That's at the end of the sixth. Back and forth we go in the bottom of the ninth. The Lansing Lugnuts lead the South Bend Cubs 5-4 to four in the bottom of the ninth. New North Posey beat Andrean in the 2A Softball State Championship. And currently, New Prairie and Tri-West tied at two in the sixth. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, Indiana Sports Talk Network Indiana. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Derek Schultz. Filling in for the Hall of Famer coach Bob Lovell. As Brad had mentioned, tough night for the Indianapolis Indians. In fact, it's been a tough week against Omaha. The weather has cooperated, so you've certainly maybe enjoyed the ambiance of beautiful Victory Field this week. But the on-field results, maybe not so much. Omaha's taken the first four of this six-game series after a 6-2 win. And joining us now, the longtime voice of the tribe. Always great to hear from Howard Kelman. Howard, it's great to talk with you. How are you? Derek, I'm honored to be with you. And... Appreciate your work too in the IBJ. Terrific columns you're writing. Yeah, thanks. It's been fun. It's and it's been fun to do this and, and hop on the bike again every once in a while and get back on the radio. Um, you know this, Howard. You've written many books about the intricacies and the silliness of baseball. Here, the tri bar. What they score? Eleven runs, ten runs. I think they shut out Toledo in the final game, seven nothing. They're feeling pretty good about themselves coming out of that series. And then you have the off day Monday, and then you come in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you, and you end up dropping four straight. Um, long season here, and, and we're still not even, I think, at the halfway point of, of where we are right now, but a little bit of an up-and-down week here for the Indians. Well, you're right, and the game Tuesday to open the series is a game the Indians gave away with some mistakes. Now, they, they haven't gotten good pitching since then, and Omaha's pitching staff is not good but it's been good enough, and tonight it shut the Indians down. For instance, tonight, Omaha got three runs in the top of the first. Well, Nick Gonzalez of the Indians leads off the bottom of the first with a home run. So now it's 3-1, to one, but the Indians only get one more run the rest of the game against the starting pitcher who was 0-6 with an ERA over 6. So uh, it just has not gone their way. I wouldn't have believed this because... Not only has Omaha won all four games in this series, but Omaha won three straight at Victory Field to start the season. So they're 7-0 against the Indians, all at Victory Field, and an Omaha team that has a record that's worse than the Indians' record. The Indians had finally reached the 500 mark again at 28-28 and after winning Sunday against Toledo, but now they're four games below 500. And they had, they had not been at 500 since they were 5-5. Five and five. They were playing great. And this whole thing turned around the other way. 
you just never know. Each night I keep thinking the worm's going to turn, but so far it hasn't. And it's too bad because it casts a little bit of a, a shadow over an exciting time this week with the call-up of Henry Davis, the top overall pick in the 2021 draft. Uh, what have you seen so far from Henry at the plate? And I'm assuming you've had the chance to talk with him and, and meet with him. What kind of kid is he? He looks like a pretty good hitter. He's quiet. We had a press conference with him, and then I introduced myself afterward. He was polite, yet very quiet. And he is caught, and he's played right field. Number one pick, as you said, in the country two years ago. Looks like a right-hand batter. Looks like a good hitter. Has a very good arm. And he and Andy Rodriguez are sharing the catcher. Andy Rodriguez was the Pirates' minor league player of the year last year. And Andy is a take-charge, outgoing guy. A guy like that is good behind the plate. And so we'll just see how this whole thing plays out. It is a very interesting situation because behind the plate is an area where the Pirates at the major league level need to improve. And you got two guys here who are banging on the door. How many number one picks have you called in their time with the Indians that were that were actually drafted by the parent organization? Because Brian Bullington, I can think of as being one. But if, if I'm not mistaken, Garrett Cole, did he skip Indy? Did he go right to the majors? No, he went. He pitched in Indianapolis. You're okay, right about two. Okay, Bullington so there's two. Yeah, those are the two that come to mind immediately. There have been others. But uh, those two come to mind immediately. And uh, I can't think of the others off the top of my head, but we have had a few others. And obviously they've had a lot of highly anticipated prospects come through here that that have uh, then gone on, of course, to go to Pittsburgh and, and even either start with the Pirates or with other teams. I mean, they had that stretch there where it was it seemed like every year when it was – uh, Andrew McCutcheon and uh, Jamison Tyone and uh, and then Cole, as we mentioned, and Austin Meadows. It, it was a great group. Um, what do you think talent-wise about where the Pirates are as, as a farm system, just given some of the talent that you've seen on the field with the Tribe so far this year? Oh, they have some talent here. There are some players here like Rodriguez. Jared Triola, the third baseman, is another guy they like. I like Nick Gonzalez a lot, too. He's another former one number one draft pick, although not number one in the country. He's a good second baseman, hitting the ball the opposite field now. So there's some talent here. There's no question about it. Have you enjoyed, Howard, uh, branching out to take some of the more of these road trips? I know that the last time that we talked regularly, it was still the International League, and it was a lot of the same you know, places you'd always go, Scranton and Rochester, and then, of course, in the division with Columbus and Louisville, et cetera. But now, you know, getting the chance to go out and – go to Iowa or Omaha or some of these other places and, and with the reorganization of major uh, minor league baseball? Well, I used to go to Iowa and Omaha when they were in the American Association, so didn't go there. I'm not traveling with the team, Derek. Oh, gotcha. Still okay. Broadcasting, still broadcasting the road games remotely, although I'll go to Louisville. I'm going to do a couple of games with Jack McMullen in Louisville on June 29th and 30th because the Savannah Bananas – are going to be at Victory Field that day, those two days. So I'll be doing those couple of games. But I have not traveled since 2019 with the team. Have you gotten used to it by now, or is it still something that you, you miss about doing it for all those years? Well, it has. You know, you, you do miss being on the road with the players, but I understand the Indians' perspective, too. They said we've done a good job this way. And there, there are two of us. We have two broadcasters. Most of the time, Jack McMullen and myself, sometimes Andrew Kappas and myself. 
and most teams in the International League only have only only have one broadcaster. So they're saving a good deal of money doing this, and I understand it. And so uh, we'll continue to broadcast remotely except for those two games in Louisville. Tribe continue their series against Omaha tomorrow night as they wrap up their homestand uh, Saturday and Sunday. Tickets at IndieIndians.com, and it'll be a beautiful weekend for baseball at Victory Field. Howard, always a highlight to talk with you. I'll be doing it again tomorrow night, so hopefully we'll be recapping uh, potentially a Tribe win tomorrow night. But thanks so much for calling in. Derek, as always, thank you very much. Longtime broadcaster, longtime friend, Howard Kelman calling in. Great person and, uh, and, a, and a great broadcaster as well. We've got more to get to here. Hour number two, Indiana Sports Talk Network, Indiana. Don't go anywhere.